0: If you're someone who has a passion for cut flowers, our environment and wants to make the world more beautiful, you're in the right place. Whether you're growing flowers for pleasure or profit, I'm on a mission to empower flower enthusiasts and professionals to help change the world around them. Whether you're just starting out and needing a helping hand or are looking to scale a substantial flower business, I'm your Cut Flower Woman. Welcome to the Cut Flower Podcast. So Joe, thanks very much for joining us on our podcast today. Um, without further ado perhaps tell us about yourself, tell us about your journey and how you've come to be doing what you're doing today. Tell us a little bit about you.
1: Okay well uh, I would say that I, I always loved flowers you know even when I was a little tiny tiny tot I used to I'd go for a walk with my mum. I'd always come back with a bunch of something from somewhere, even if it was weeds off the road or just just always love them. And um, then I, um, you know, kind of grew up and uh, moved to London, didn't know what I wanted to do, ended up doing um, nursing. Um, So I did my training at Charing Cross Hospital. Um, Met my husband... Um, always continue to love flowers and wanted to do something more creative. Never really felt like nursing was my calling, although I did it for about 12 years. Um, and and I enjoyed it. It just never felt like exactly the right place to be. Um, and then uh, when my son was three and I was kind of thinking about going back to work, somebody, I had a kind of chance meeting with somebody at the school gates. She was a florist and cook. And she was going off to New Covent Garden the following day and I kind of, and I'd never been. And I said, Oh, I'd really love to come. That would be great. And uh, she said, Oh, come, come, come and, you know, come with me. So she picked me up at four in the morning and we went off to New Covent Garden when it was still, I mean, that was, you know, 22 years ago now. So it was still at Nine Elms in its bigger kind of slightly messier state And it was so busy then, you know, it was really busy. There was lots of trolleys going. It was just a really fantastic place to be. Um, And the kind of market calf was, you know, out and it was just full of, it it was brilliant anyway. So I was kind of, I was addicted basically from the first moment that (laughs) I put in the place. And then she said to me, do you want to do some jobs with me? So I went to work with her and they were big corporate jobs, really. So we did lots of stuff for the Dorchester, did lots of charity events um Lord's Cricket Ground, London Zoo, all sorts of you know massive kind of, so that was kind of a bit of a kind of yeah a really kind of fun introduction to floristry. Um, but but I I think even then you know I just I knew I wanted to work with seasonal English flowers, and I I went to do the first or the kind of when Sarah Raven first set up her kind of cutting garden courses. I went and did one and we literally had lunch in the kitchen, in her kitchen. So it was, I think she'd been doing it for about six months. So that was brilliant. Wow. And um, I thought, right, that's it. I'm going to grow. I'm going to grow my own. And then we left London, moved to Devon. And I had small children and it kind of was this continuous kind of, I kept trying and failing and trying and failing. And then I'd find somewhere that I could grow and then it would all get out of hand. And um eventually when the children were kind of teenagers I finally kind of got myself to uh, I committed to growing at home which I'd struggled with because home's quite shady we're surrounded by massive beech trees so we have a very small area that so I think I needed to feel confident in my ability to grow to actually kind of commit to growing at home so um so that was it then really then then I kind of got cracking and started growing at home and then once I'd done that then I was very happy to kind of drop um Dutch flowers and then I became a kind of purely British flower florist and um continued to do events in Devon. Big step. A big step. Um to it, do was, that. it was it was nerve wracking. It took know. me a long time to really kind of I knew I always wanted to do it. Um, but it was it was the confidence to know that I could get the flowers that I wanted to do the job that I, you know. Yeah. Um, But it's got easier. hasn't? I mean, it's so much better now than it was. um, And there are so many more growers. And I now have five or six brilliant growers who are all within 40 minutes of me. So I know that I can go and get a bucket of British flowers, you know, in season whenever I want them, really, which is fantastic. Changed my life, really. (laughs) I think it's
0: definitely worked. I've talked to a lot of florists. I think the thing that we haven't really sorted out yet is the whole British flower movement, really is the whole supply chain mm. so yeah. it's all right for a florist so, let's say you've got a big event at the Dorchester yeah and you want to do it flowers the biggest issue you've got is that not really many growers have everything you could possibly want
1: so you might have to go there for the roses and that's and it else- it's the time absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely and there are there are people trying to you know there's there is one near us called the um the southwest flower hub or something and that's exactly what they tried to do just outside bristol and they were trying to kind of bring growers together and then get people to kind of commit to and i don't know how they're doing actually and truth is i haven't used them um because it still involved me driving up to bristol to go and get and i've got people who are closer to me so it's easier you know but yeah they do that in the states
0: they have i went last year to a conference in august to boston and they do that, they they do that cooperative themselves. So either it's a profit making cooperative and somebody sets it up, or it's a cooperative where all members and they have a central point where all the growers take all their stuff to that central point mm. and then all the florists go online and buy what they want in the Brilliant. same way you did with the Dutch. And then the florist goes to one place and picks it up. End of story. That's fantastic, isn't it? So really mm. that's what we've got to do, because no you can't ask a florist to travel try more than 30 minutes to collect her stock
1: well no because everything is so time sensitive when you're doing an event you know yes. you've got you've only got a certain amount of time you've, you can you've got to be in and out of your venue you, you know all of those things that kind of stack up against you mean that you just don't have the time to kind of travel you no. know to several different so if we could you're right if we could get that set up america's always a bit further ahead than us aren't they
0: I think that's why I went and I spoke to a few co-ops. It's really interesting. And they are, they have a more cooperative nature as yeah. well. Um, so it's a sort of a bit more, it is easier and a bit where, where we tend to be a little bit too competitive with each other rather than going, okay, how can we make this all work together? And until we crack, I mean, I talk to Floris all the time who buy from me and it's like, oh, well, it's all right, Ross, but you know, I can come and get 50% of what I want, but then I need to go here, there, and after I've driven all day. Yes it doesn't make financial sense for me so no no. I'd love to be able to find a way of cracking
1: that but I think it would be brilliant because I think we're now over the hump you know now people are understanding that you know just because you have if you have British flowers they will last as long they will you know all of those things you know people are educated more educated than they were definitely Oh, Um... because they don't last very long or they're difficult to work with or all of those things exactly, which kind of seem to have fallen a bit by the wayside, really, which is good, really, really good, so yeah, so that's kind of where I got to um, and and up until about two or three years ago, I was just a Devon events wedding florist, really, using british flowers and busy and and happy Whereabouts, <laughs> whereabouts in Devon are you both? so we live on Dartmoor, yeah, um, and we are literally kind of we can see the high moor from yeah. one part of our garden. So we really are, you know, kind of on the moor. Um, yeah. And we love it. It's yeah. an amazing place to live.
0: If you look at Beck's Partridge, obviously she made the move out of London and it's yeah. kind of like creative types tend to move out of London eventually. I, mean, yes. I did my degree in Plymouth, actually. My father lives in uh. Plymouth. So I spent my, my field trips on Dartmoor um so I kind of know the area so you quite know well. yeah <laughs> it's yeah. quite remote in some parts which is um, it is use.
1: and I really struggled with that for a long time you know I having you know we'd lived in London for I think I was there for about 17 years before we came yeah. to Devon so it was kind of in my blood and and literally about you know kind of three or four years ago we tipped into having lived on Dartmoor for longer than we lived in London and that was really weird because I was sort of London as home which is ridiculous Um, so, but I could, I don't think I could leave now. I think I love it that much. It's, yeah, it's absolutely in my blood. It really is. And
0: also the other thing I find, um, is a lot of uh, freelance florists who work for me are ex-nurses. Ex-nurses or ex-teachers. Yeah, it's interesting that, isn't it? I've noticed that.
1: Don't know what there is in there. I know. I'd be interested to kind of, to look at that and work out why. Um, I think... I don't know I don't know I think I always wanted to do something creative I I did my nursing when I was I was a bit lost I think actually I was a bit kind of I didn't really know what I what I wanted to do with my life and my mum had been a nurse you know that kind of classic you know and you know I don't regret it for a minute it was a it was a brilliant brilliant thing to do yeah. And it gave me a really good training and it gave me all those years in London and I specialised, I did ophthalmology and I went to more fields and, you know, I still look back on it with great fondness and loved it. It was great, but... um But the whole time I was there, I kept trying to leave and I left and I did things like I went and worked in Habitat because I thought I wanted to dress windows. And then I left and went and worked in a cafe and I kept trying to kind of and then I and then I just kind of roll back into nursing. I just think, oh, I know I can, um, you know, I can earn more money. I can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it was it was having children and having that forced break and stopping. So I kind of left the NHS and then I was like, right, okay, now now's my moment. So, yeah. That's got well, I've, got,
0: I've got a team here at the moment doing Mother's Day, and um,
1: they're all nurses. That'll make you laugh. That's really funny. That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> sort of ex nurses. Yeah. I, well, I would be really interested to. Maybe it's something we come to a bit later in life. Yeah, maybe. 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 I kind of regret that in a way. You know, there is a little bit of me that kind of thinks, I love this so much. I wish I'd been doing it forever. And I and I do quite often think that I kind of think oh all those years that I was doing other things that I could have been working with flowers, if only I'd known that this is what I you know that I could have a career in it maybe or, but anyway, we are where <laughs> we are. We are where we are. Yeah.
0: So tell us about where you are in
1: your current business. You know what inspires? What do you do on a day to day basis? So now? I decided. About kind of two or three years ago, we had a few kind of major life changes. I decided that I didn't want to be um, doing event floristry anymore. And I didn't feel as excited by it as I had done. And And I kind of thought, having got to a place where I loved working with flowers, I wanted to continue doing things which inspired and excited me. So I started to move away from it. And then COVID happened. And again, another enforced break, as you can see, I'm not very proactive, I'm a bit reactive, so <laughs> it pushed me into kind of making some decisions that I was kind of teetering on the brink of anyway um and then it and then, um after that, I kind of i I would kind of say I was a bit lost for a little while. I was really kind of floundering around. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do or where I wanted to take my business. I knew I wanted to continue to arrange flowers. Um, I knew I wanted to continue to grow but I just I was just you know working out how I could make some money out of it really Um, and I continued all the way through COVID I did you know you know as many arrangements as I could I continued to arrange and photograph and post on Instagram and talk to people and you know think really about where I was going and then I did a days um kind of a floristry day with Lucy Hunter and Gabriella from La Musa de las Flores in Wales last year wow. and it was amazing as you can imagine because Lucy's studio is absolutely beautiful and i came away from that feeling like i'd learnt a lot but not necessarily about the things that i thought i would learn a lot about <laughs> it's weird how that happens and I kind of thought I'm not very good in a position where somebody says to me, um, here are some flowers. This is how you do it. Now you go and do it. And but I love being with people and taking inspiration from the people that I'm with and the places that I'm at. um, And the chat and and I kind of thought I would really like to set something up where people can come and feel less pressure but can be given this amazing kind of creative space just to do exactly what they want and all of the flowers and all of the and so that was kind of what I started I started to think I'd like to do some workshops and I'd like to do collaborative workshops and then Bex very sweetly asked me to her book launch in the summer and I hadn't met her before we chatted on Instagram and I went along to that and again I felt massively inspired by the people that I was surrounded by and I chatted to people and I thought right that's it I've got to be brave and do this and then it was just a matter of finding a venue um and so i've kind of as you know that's where beltane came from and i have um i went down to cornwall last summer on holiday and we stayed in a cottage at prussia cove and while we were there these barns were being done up, which were previously the studio of an amazing artist called Romy Berens. And I kind of walked into them and I was like, this, this is it. It was just, it was just like everything kind of dropping into place. It was lovely. Yeah. It was a really nice feeling. And um, then I started to talk to Grace and Bex and, um, you know, eventually Brit and lovely Jackie. And um, we put together a team and, and, that was it and and it is just about exactly that and we all feel exactly the same way we want to invite people to this space to understand their creativity what it is that makes them want to create yeah um and obviously flowers are at its heart and the and the natural world and the inspiration that we draw from that um but just to give people the kind of the gift of time, with a with some gentle tuition, so that if anybody wants to, I mean, there will be demonstrations and there will be some tuition, but really, it's about giving people space and time and inspiration. Really, yeah. When is it? When
0: is Beltane? When it's it the last May?
1: weekend in April. Yeah, so it's fairly soon. Yeah. So, which is um, Beltane is a pagan festival, and it is the you know beginning of May, so it's the kind of spring. So, and Cornwall's amazing at that time of year. It's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. And and from that, um, I'm also I'm just beginning to start to write a little bit, and my and I and I've also found a printer in Exeter, so I'm having some of my photographs printed out to sell. So yeah, I think nice. I'm I'm changing. I am definitely changing what I do. But it still has. Flowers very much at its core, and yeah. I still flowers in collaboration.
0: It sounds like to me, yeah. And kind of because um, Beltane may be the start, and might be things after that. And I think probably Instagram does that, doesn't it? Allows you to collaborate and meet people. Does and then who knows where it's going? None of us know where it's going, do we? No, absolutely that if you just open up, just podcasting, actually, just
1: opening up and interviewing people and chatting to people. Well, I imagine for you, chatting to people, all sorts of different people all the time, that must be a fantastic source of inspiration. I love it. Yeah, I bet you and do. really
0: inspiring. Yes. It wasn't, it's like like you say, it, uh, set up on the journey of podcasting. You think, oh, then, okay, yeah, no, no. but it wasn't what I expected it to be. No. And then the other thing that I didn't expect was when I set up courses, online courses during COVID, to teach people to grow their own cut flowers, yeah, which is what I do. That's yeah, predominantly in a lot of my business now. So I teach uh, people who want to grow cut flowers for themselves, and then people who want to do it for profits, so of flower farmers, and then also I teach flower farmers how to seriously make profit in their business because. A lot of them don't and yeah, I'm, I'm sure. about that. And my background as a marketing director and a sales director. So it, it's kind of a little it's I put flowers and, flowers and marketing together and hey ho, yeah, kind yeah. Of works. Yeah. So I was teaching people during COVID how to grow their own cut flowers. Just normal people who nurses, people who are in the NHS, all sorts of people signed up for this course. And then what I discovered halfway through the course was actually all these people doing it for loads of different reasons. You know, some were doing it for bereavement, and some were doing it because their jobs were really stressful, and some were doing it because they were signed off work, and some were doing it. loads and loads of different reasons. And then when you when I interviewed all these people, I think there were twenty. I wrote a book about them. I was really humbled by it, and I thought, "Oh my goodness! F- by growing flowers, it's kind of changed their lives." And that's like one big statement. You think, "Well, how can that possibly have happened?" And then it did, and so. There is a book on Amazon called "Seed to Ours" all about the changing of people's lives. And then I spoke to spoke to somebody on a podcast, and they have done something similar. A lady called Alice Vincent. Oh, I know Alice. Yeah, is... well, I don't know her, but I I've just ordered her book actually. She's got Yes, yeah, so have I. Yes. Why Women Grow podcast. Yes, and uh, I'm going to listen to that whilst I'm on holiday. I go away next week. I'm going to. I've got downloaded it ready, and she's phenomenal. And she went all over the country during COVID and interviewed women, and it was all about. And she said she was completely humble. You know, she interviewed refugees. She interviewed all sorts of people, mm. and she said it was really humbling about why do women grow and what yes. is it about growing that makes us all connect together. And yeah. honestly, and, and that's what I get from podcasting is you interview so many amazing people that you think, wow, how did that happen? And um, yeah, so I think Alice is really. Um, I think it's released today. Alice's podcast. Um, she was brilliant, really brilliant. Yeah,
1: I'm sure she was. I'm sure she was really interesting to talk to. So, why women? She's just about to have a baby. Like, I mean, I know, now. literally. She's... I know. She's so close, isn't she? I know. Very impressive.
0: You know? I to They said, Well, I'm to drop any time now. And I'm thinking, oh. <laughs> But she was really interesting. So, I love that part of my job in meeting loads of other people and being inspired in mm. the same way you do about the collaboration of it. And, and how what that looks like? I mean, bell payment be
1: amazing. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: The small business. Do reels get you reeling? Is SEO just a three letters put together? Content planning something you know you should be doing, but just never get round to it. Do join our growth club online. What is it? It's a supportive community. It's all about growing your business. It provides trainings and guest speakers join us every month. Is it time to work on your business and not in it? The link for more information is in the show notes.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is. I I think... I think when I go and do courses, and I've done a few of them because I can't resist going and seeing, it is exactly that. It is that. It's that kind of – it's being with other people who love the same things as you do and seeing how they think about it and how they do it and just chatting to them, really, um, yeah. and the space that you're in and the drive that you take to get there and going and seeing someone. I mean, I'm curious, I suppose. I'm. You know, I'm interested and – Um. Yeah, that, that is what inspires me, you know, or one of the things, one of the things that inspires me to kind of to do what I do, really. It's um, the collaboration. And being an event florist is hard work. It is hard work. It really is. hard work. It is. And I had done it for a long time, you know. Yeah. I'd done it for 20 years and I had kind of thought, I think I'm allowed to stop this now. I think I'm allowed to, <laughs> I'm allowed to go and do something different.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, my previous career was I was an events manager, if you like. For, uh, and we used to do events all over the world and take corporate people all over the world so I organised the event rather
1: than the floral side of it and I have to say yeah, it's hard I think it's the frantic nature of it isn't it really, it's that the truth is it doesn't matter how well prepared you are you know at some point you're going to have to hit the ground and you're going to have to run and you might have to run for five days and you might have to run for three days but you are going to have to just keep on going and I think I got to a point also where I just got very stressed doing that, you know, and I thought, actually, I just, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. No, exactly. It's mad.
0: Not when you live in a beautiful place like Dartmoor.
1: (laughs) I want to carry on working. I don't want to stop. I definitely do. But I just would like a more steady pace rather than that kind of like accelerator break, accelerator break, that kind of, you know, I just can't, just don't want to do that anymore, really. Um, So, yeah.
0: Who do you feel has inspired you to be where you are now? I mean, you've gone through a career change, massive career change. You've gone through a life change and moved to Dartmoor. You're now going through another career change, which, yeah. might, you know, I've talked to a lot of people, this is about the time when they change again yeah, and decide to do something different. What, who's inspired you? Who, who do you think?
1: So many people, Ros. I, I mean, <laughs> the list is so long. It's and lovely. I think with Instagram and, you know, kind of, being part of that and meeting people and that was that was an amazing thing for me really you know literally I was doing it all on my own in deepest darkest Dartmoor and people were encouraging me to use Instagram and I just was thinking oh you know it's a modern thing I'm not gonna I'm not gonna which is ridiculous um and then as soon as I started it was like this kind of door opened and and i started to talk to people, other people who were doing similar things to me and who were, and I mean, you know, I suppose I was really inspired by Sarah Ryhannon in uh, Saipur in in America and her, I mean, I love her writing. I loved her style of arranging. I loved her, her kind of very naturalistic, um, not um adhering to any rules or you know if a leaf was um kind of half dead or mottled or had an amazing shape or a branch was you know that that was what she wanted you know it wasn't about this it wasn't about neatness or it was about a general kind of ambience of arrangement and and really feeling that you know deeply seasonal um you know, color was very important to her. All of those things. So I was massively inspired by her, undoubtedly. I loved, I loved what she did, and it felt very new um, when she when she started. Um, and then I met uh, lovely Fiona Pickles, friends who yes. was forensic, who is Fiona. now, who's yes. lovely, who's yes. very lovely. And again, she embraces all of those things too. And Bridget at Moss and Stone, who was so encouraging. Of me when I was really kind of, I was I was slightly floundering in that I I knew I I had an idea of how I of the florist I wanted to be and I couldn't quite get myself there and I went and had a day with with Bridget and she was just she was brilliant she very gently kind of nurtured me and helped me understand how to you know get that best bit out of myself really so that was that was that was fabulous really so I yeah I mean I it's a long list it's a long list. <laughs> oh, no. no, it's brilliant, isn't it? How
0: that can all work and how yeah. the Instagram works. Fiona Pickles, I remember going up to her place um, and going on, I think I went on the train and then I got this taxi and it was sort of quite remote. And um, I did a day on, on photographing and a bit about social media. When Instagram was, when I yes. wasn't using it really well, and um it was a great day and again a collaboration of women and we were going right by Christmas we're going to have that many followers
1: and it and, was that, and that's the other thing about that's the other thing about being with other people and you know it, it it makes you say I'm going to do and then you think okay well maybe I will then or it makes you like speak a dream you know and sometimes you have to say the words to make you believe that you can actually do it which I know sounds a bit cack-handed but um yeah it's it's it makes you braver maybe when you're with people and they encourage you people are all you know all and certainly within this world uh, you know within a growing flowery world I feel that people are very nurturing very encouraging and so um that's lovely that's lovely to be surrounded by that and to be encouraged by it really
0: I agree it's a big community yeah yeah because
1: confidence is a huge huge part of doing well you know if you feel good about yourself and what you're doing and you've got somebody that you maybe admire standing in front of you telling you that you're actually doing this really well then you start to believe in yourself a little bit more and then that takes you onto the next step the right next step and the next step yeah it's a very good I mean thing. it's my
0: um, blooming business course we call it um because it's about marketing and sales and competition and, and the biggest problem isn't pricing competition that isn't any of that although we we teach all that isn't that the biggest issue is confidence and worse than that imposter syndrome Hmm. I can't do it why can't I do it what would happen if I did do it well what happens if it goes wrong and what happens and so now we introduce into the course imposter syndrome lessons
1: Interesting. which we don't tell
0: them about the beginning because we know this is going to be the biggest problem yeah and then at the end of the course they form a community and it carries on which is great they're sort of like a membership group because otherwise they're a bit lost they still need that community
1: yeah yeah
0: They knew that I how do I price a wedding and what do I do about that and oh someone's asked me to do that and I'm not sure how to do it and still it's the whole I'm not really confident comp- because they say well what happens if my flowers don't grow and I say we well, can always buy them from someone else well, what happens if they haven't got what I need? Well, you can always replace it with something
1: else. Absolutely. Exactly. There's always a solution. I know. There is always a solution. It's just, it's really just about kind of going out there with the confidence to, to, to know that you will find the answer, you know, and not to panic about it. That I think that, that does come with experience, doesn't it? I suppose as well. It does come with a kind of, you know, sadly. <laughs>
0: I'm like talking to a career changers, like they are the nurses or the teachers or the public health service or, you know, pharmacist or something, and then a, a doctor recently, and now they're going into growing things. So it's kind of because they've not done any of that before and not run their own businesses before, so it's like an imposter. I always reckon I've read a book recently that I would recommend to anybody to read um, by Roxy Nafusi. Have you ever read it? The Seven Seven Habits of Manifestation. Well, No. I'm not a manifester. I'm definitely not a woo person. So I am so far removed from being woo that but I some I heard her on the radio again, quite interesting. I thought, oh I must get her book, The Seven Habits. And I kind of thought, ah, you know, this I won't be very yes. good. <laughs> you know you got this, you've already told you it was brilliant. It was brilliant because it was about it wasn't about manifesting as people would think that was. It wasn't saying, oh I need a Ferrari on my drive by Friday and it's going to arrive. I mean it's not that at all. It's about, well, if you want a Ferrari on your drive-by Friday, how are you going to get it then? And what are you going to do to change? And what habits are you going to put in place? And how are you going to do that? And what goals are you going to set yourself Mm. And So it's all about manifesting the future, but not necessarily what people would think manifesting was, because it's kind of quite a broad term.
1: Okay, I really
0: recommend it. If you haven't read it, I really, really recommend it. Yeah. And uh, she, she was really brilliant. So in it, she talks about envy and she talks about Instagram. Because what you can can do is you can go through, you can, all of us have done it and go, oh, I wish I had that many followers. Or why are they doing that better than I'm doing it? Or their style looks much nicer than mine. And all of a sudden, you've got this envious situation. And she turns that on its head and says, what you should really do is go looking for inspiration. So you should say, "I'm not envious of you. What you're doing is brilliant, and I'm really inspired by you." And I'm going to yeah, but I mean,
1: and I would totally agree with that. And and I would also say, I I think I've kind of I think I've kind of got there in that I don't feel I don't I think I think you I think you have to feel happy with yourself, don't you? Really, and kind of wait and 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 totally unrockable in that, and know that what you're doing and what you're delivering is good, you know, and and um yeah i it it did take me some time it does take time it definitely does um it would be my it would be my biggest piece of advice for anybody starting out would be to find that little bit of self belief or find you know there's that little nugget of something that you know that you do well and build on it and try not to do you know certainly as far as your style is concerned or your floristry try really hard to to be true to yourself because you will do your best work doing that you know don't don't be be inspired but don't be pushed or don't um feel that you have to do it this way because somebody else is doing it that way and they're doing very well well that's great because that's what they're doing because that's who they are you know um you have to find out what is what it is in you that can thrive and achieve and and then just and build on that so yeah that's that would be my 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 biggest yeah absolutely that was one of my questions so I'm going to give you a quick fired round what's your favorite flower do you know I thought about that one and I I don't think I can I don't think I can give you a favorite do people have favorites uh, less, do you un- yeah
0: Yeah, nobody really knows what it is, and it's undiscovered, and it's quite shy. But actually, it's an amazing, beautiful bloom. Um,
1: (laughs) I think is understated, so I quite like that. So, yeah, yeah. I think my my I I think I love the seasons, and so I am seduced by a new flower every season. You know, it's (laughs) that kind of, um, and also, you know, sometimes there might be if I kind of said. I really love a snake's head fritillary, which I love, I do. And then one comes along, which is a particularly beautiful, you know, sometimes they're just, I've got, got one in the studio at the moment and all its petals have kind of done this like a kind of pagoda. And it's oh, so wow. beautiful. And you can see the stamen. It's kind of hanging out at the bottom. My mother said to me, is that a special, you know? I was like, no, it just, it's just, so, so sometimes it's just an individual flower that I just completely fall in love with. So, yeah, sorry. That's a bad answer, isn't it, really? but
0: You can have them all. I love them, them all, all.
1: yeah. <laughs> How would you describe your style then? Well, I think it's, it's fairly unstructured. It's fairly wild. Um, and I would hope that it's the kind of the, the merging of, of wild and garden. So I am particularly interested in native plants and foraging and what I can do with what I find. I literally go out of my gate, turn left, walk down the lane, and I and I am inspired a million times, literally, by what's growing in the hedgerow. And, and that is summer, winter, you know, any time, really, at the moment. I'm really loving the... Um, all of the dog roses, which are completely—they have no leaf on them—but they—but when you look through them at the sky behind, they have the most beautiful shapes. They're just making all these really lovely kind of curves and bends, and you can see all of the thorns against the sky, and they're really so. So my style is—is is that really? I'll always have something from the wild in my arrangement, just just a little nod to where I am and the season and, and where. Yeah, so i don't know Amazing. i don't think that's a particularly succinct answer but kind of no, tried.
0: wild <laughs> seasonal native is quite important yes holistic and, and just going with the flow really I think. yes yes no rules i love that no i don't think by... i do
1: have any particular rules <laughs> stay with us we'll be right back
0: the new plants of distinction autumn catalog is now available and contains over a thousand different flower and vegetable seeds with over 150 new and exciting varieties added this year alone. Cut flowers in an extensive array of individual colors are a speciality and added to this are many unusual annual and perennial seeds together with the hard to find heritage favorites. So if you're looking for something little different, be it choice cutting flowers suitable for both fresh and dried arrangements or cottage garden and container growing varieties you need look no further. You can download or request a copy of the new autumn catalogue by visiting the website plantsofdistinction.co.uk where an exclusive 30% discount is available to all podcast listeners when ordering seeds by using the discount code CUTFLOWER30. Um, so if you weren't growing and producing these amazing pieces of art, what would you be doing? You know, obviously you were nursing. Is there something else you had in your life that you oh, would Oh, I think I'd be see?
1: photographing. I think photography. That's wow. another thing that I've always loved. And I'm trying wow. to bring that more into what I do. Um, yeah. And, and I would like to, I mean, you know, in a fantasy world, I would really love, I would love to do a book which is, about um, seasonal native arranging and photographing. Why is it fantasy? Why can't you start tomorrow? <sighs> just... You're self-critical. No, I don't. I don't. You see, that's the thing. You see, I said it, didn't I? I said it out loud. I shouldn't have. Never <laughs> have done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hold you to this one. I I I know? Massive mistake. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm the accountability coach I'll be coming back to you later.
1: <laughs> that book you talked about yeah yes, yeah yes, I think I'm I am very slow that's the other thing about me I'm a really slow burner so it's all kind of ticking around in the back of my head and I won't start it until I have a very exacting plan as to exactly where I want to go so the Beltane thing it's been banging around in the back of my head for about three years and it wasn't until I got to that point where I was like I knew who I was going to ask I knew where it was going to be I knew then I pressed go on it so it's I'm a bit of a kind of well perfectionist is the you know well, that's
0: interesting because gardeners can't be perfectionists. because nothing is all of it is out of our control so the only thing we can do with gardening is go with what we've got Yeah. And, we love- and I
1: like that yeah and yeah you know, I do have- and I like I like imperfection in flowers as well. In fact, my f- more if you're going to ask me what my favourite flower is, I probably would say the one that doesn't look the way it should, the one with the slightly yellowing leaf or the slightly nibbled petal. Or so in that I don't. I'm not a perfectionist. I'm just maybe I'm a bit hard on myself. Maybe it's yeah.
0: I think I can see this book. I think. It's- <laughs> I, mean, I have to
1: say having written
0: two it's not easy
1: no exactly
0: i um, you know what the process is like but you set yourself a timeline i self-published mine but i use somebody to help me i have copywriters reading the copy and all that kind of stuff it's not an easy experience i'm glad i did it i've got yeah. another one thing brewing um now and i will do another another one but i I know almost. You need to take yourself off to a retreat like Beltane, and yes. you need to
1: sit there with a pen and paper, and you just need to. Pen I it think off. exactly that. Yeah, absolutely. You need to give yourself time, don't you? Really, yes. and we're always battling for that. You know, there's always something else in the corner of the room winking at us, telling us we should be doing it. And, but you know, I am a great believer in that. Once it becomes important enough and it's big enough in the room, it's going to make you pay attention to it and, yes, you're exactly and then you and get then on then with it, it. <laughs> yeah yeah you stop procrastinating
0: <laughs> i think there's a definite room for it <laughs> any advice you'd give to
1: budding flower growers and florists um i think probably what i said be true to yourself you know absolutely don't try and emulate anybody else don't try and take inspiration and and talk talk to people and yeah. um you know, I get messages from people and they're so apologetic and they kind of say to me, I hope you don't mind. Always message, always ask me if I, I will always answer. I will always do my best to. Um, so. So that really, yeah, true to yourself, I think, is the is the biggest one, really. Yeah.
0: So anything our audience wouldn't know about you? Any little secrets
1: you've got? I thought about this one when you sent it to me and I thought um, I love vintage cars. Oh, I do. My grandfather was a racing driver and he had a garage on the Goldhawk Road in Shepherds Bush and he built a car, which is still knocking around somewhere in Germany, built an Elvis. And he used to race at Silverstone. And I absolutely, yeah, I love, I love them. I mean, literally they make the hairs on the back of my neck stand up when I see a really beautiful or hear the engine turned on or yeah, love them. So yes. I have a little, I have a little uh, Morris Minor pickup
0: called Millie lovely.
1: that we deliver all
0: our flowers in. She was renovated, Millie the Morris, and she's <laughs> lovely. My husband's quite into vintage cars. That's quite interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you find something out, don't you? If you, like you, say, if you, find all sorts of things. Yeah. Think, oh, oh, perhaps we should go off on tangent and talk about vintage cars. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, any thoughts after Beltane? Any, any?
0: Obviously, Beltane's fairly soon. Any thoughts in
1: the future Um, I'd like to do I mean you know in a perfect world we'll do another and um, if Beltane is successful and fingers crossed it will be um, there will be another Beltane next year and then I'd like to add to that so this is very much about spring well wouldn't it be lovely if we could do one about autumn as well and high summer Mm -hmm. and you know I could look at seasons seasons are very important to me they sit squarely in the middle of you know a lot of what I do my inspiration my so so that more photography definitely I'm gonna you know do more of that and 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 I have thoughts about you know I would love to photograph my my very kind of local environs and find a way of doing it you know maybe take a field and photograph that field in detail and not just photograph it but take things from it and make arrangements and photograph those and talk about those and just literally have like a square patch and say with this square patch, you can do this. You have this, you have this light in the spring. You have this in the winter. I don't know. Again, it's all, it's all in there somewhere. Because <laughs> nice what I started doing on the first
0: of each month, although Alice said I shouldn't do it the first, I should just do it when I want to do it, um, is take the same shot.
1: Yeah. On the first,
0: Um, and then you could speed it up and you would have the seasons you would see my goodness looks like um because I think you get very wrapped up this time of year everything's very cold and dark and Mm. wet
1: and it's quite brown and we're so desperate for spring now aren't we we are so desperate (laughs) I mean it's coming it's here it's like everything you can feel the energy and you can feel it all getting revved up but it's just i'm still putting two jumpers on in the morning <laughs> i so yeah, badly good. want to stop doing that me too, me
0: too. and <laughs> also we're sitting on a, for a point it's a seed sowing we're sitting on our hands because it's too cold
1: so you can do sweet peas but really anything else at this time of year oh it's funny you should say that because i am literally i i've kind of I've been out to the greenhouse so many times to get going and I, and I'm slightly kind of panicking and thinking I really need to get going, but actually it does feel cold, you know? Um, and, and that's bad. See, that's bad about Instagram because of course you watch everybody else and everyone else has got a greenhouse full of stuff and I'm thinking I haven't got that much. And, you know, and I just need to, I need to make myself not do that. You know, I've got to do it my way.
0: We won't, I mean, even as professionals, we won't start seed sowing. We did all our annual, um, hardy annuals in the winter, in the autumn. Yes, in the autumn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, absolutely categorically not, unless it's going in the propagator, we are not Not doing it. Not doing it. No. It's not warm enough. And to be honest, you know, things like dahlias are all going to get frost. You know, even the ones you lifted last year are going to get frost. Yes. In them. Start looking after those. There's always loads of other stuff to do. Yeah, so there is. So I'll tell everybody is. in my courses to sit on their hands. I say, please, please,
1: please, please, Not please. Not yet. Please, please do it. Yeah. yeah. I say, the I do it, then I'll let you know. You're just setting yourself up for disappointment, aren't you, really? Yeah. They'll become,
0: <laughs> they'll become dampened off. They'll become, nah. Yeah. Don't do it. Nature is telling us not to do it.
1: Yes. Yes, that's very true. That is very true. Um, that's the other thing I'm doing. So I'm getting rid of some of my raised beds and and um, putting more native stuff in, leaving the grass to grow longer, um, definitely embracing that side of the garden in a really, yeah, it's very beautiful. I don't mind a few nettles. No, I, I told my husband
0: we outside the front of the house where the birds come in and we're going to rewild it. And he said, "And um, what does that mean?" I said, "We're, leave. <laughs> That's <what it> means. <laughs> we're just going to leave it." So he didn't really get that. But we're, we're going But it's kind of like mm, whatever. Uh, well, fantastic. it's lovely, Joe. Thank you for coming over. I could talk all day.
1: Oh, so lovely! Thank you so much for asking, Ros. It's been re- a real treat. And and all the um, show notes and everything. We'll
0: talk about Beltane. So, people are interested. They come across and book. That's brilliant. Um, and I have to say, the photography on the website is amazing. Um, you get all absorbed in it. I thought, gosh, I can have a photo shoot. Oh, I can have a show a photo shoot that would look like that. That's just like it is. They are sensational imagery. The imagery is sensational. Thank you. And um, so I hope people go and have a look. And <laughs> keep in touch. Who knows? Definitely.
1: Definitely.
0: What happens next? It's all about collaboration. So I want to thank you for joining us. Do take Absolutely 10? my pleasure. Let me
1: know how you get on. Thank you so much. Bye, Ros. Lovely to chat. Bye, bye, bye.
0: I look forward to next week's episode. Please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review on your podcast app. We do have some wonderful free resources on our website at the CutflowerCollective.co.uk, We also have two free Facebook communities which we'd love you to join. For farmers or those who want to be flower farmers we have Cut Flower Farming, Growth and Profit in Your Business and our other free Facebook group is Learn with the Cut Flower Collective for those starting out on their flower journey. All of the links are below. I look forward to getting to know you all.